0: The Lord is good. We were just singing that we want the Lord to set our hearts ablaze, to set us ablaze. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about purpose and having indestructible purpose. And this may or may not be considered the last in a sermon series. I don't really think it matters what matters today is one thing and one thing alone and that is Jesus because can I tell you the reality of everything we've been preaching about for the last five or six weeks when we're talking about purpose can I tell you your purpose boils down to one thing and it is Jesus and I know you're like Pastor Drew you already preached that when we started this whole thing but I think it's worth preaching when we end this whole thing that it's all about Jesus it's Jesus when we start and it's Jesus when we end and sometimes we try to make everything about so many other things other than Jesus my dad when I was a, a, a young minister he told me when, when when we get involved doing church there's so many things that go into the church and, and we're so busy doing those things so often and, and even like I was so proud of our, our our men that showed up yesterday to continue working on the fellowship hall over there and, and feel free when church is over to go over there and take a look at it and we're getting closer and closer to get that done. But in the middle of doing all the stuff, sometimes you can get so caught up in the machine of church that you forget about the mission of church. And my dad told me when I was young, he said, don't get so caught up in the machine that you forget about the mission. And the mission is one person. It's one person only. It's Jesus Christ. And this morning as I as I got up and began to sit with the Lord, Jesus just continued to begin to remind me, it's all about me, it's all about me, it's all about me. We won't go there because I know I tell the story way too often, but you guys know the story of Peter. When he first met Jesus the first time, he's there and he's in his boat and Jesus says, you know, hey, push out into the water and cast your nets. And, and Peter's like, uh, we've already done this, right? And uh, this is pointless, but because you've said so, Jesus, I'll do it. And He doesn't even know who Jesus is. He's a stranger to him. And so you guys know he sets the nets out and, and they pull in so much fish that it begins to seek their boats. And, and it, it so overwhelms Peter, not the fish, but the man. It wasn't the fish. The fish were just kind of this byproduct. He realized it had nothing to do with the fish. It had everything to do with the man. Fast forward, Jesus has died on the cross and now risen from the dead. And Peter and his fellow disciples, they don't know what to do, so they go back to the thing they know to do, which is fishing. And as they're out there on the boat, just like before, it's been a fruitless night. They've been out there all night. They've caught nothing. It sounds very familiar, right? And as they're standing there in their boats, they see a man standing on the shore. And he asks them, have you caught anything? I'm like, no. And he goes, well, cast your nets on the other side. And so they cast their nets, and, th- and they catch this giant load of fish, and in the middle of it, John has this epiphany. He like he connects the dots. He realizes I've seen this before. This has happened before. And he looks out at the land and he goes, "It is the Lord. It is the Lord." And Peter hears it and he must feel like a little bit like a dummy cuz he's like, "Why didn't I realize that?" Peter and John were constantly competing. And so Peter says, "Forget about you jokers, forget about the fish. It's all about Jesus. He grabs his coat, jumps in the water, and starts swimming to shore. He goes, I don't know if you guys are coming with me or not. I'm not worried about fish. I'm worried about Jesus because it's all about Jesus. His purpose doesn't lie with fish, even lots of fish. It lies with Jesus. And we get so much sometimes caught up in the middle of this last few weeks as we begin to Press in, what is my purpose? God, what have you called me to do? Some of you maybe even have connected with an ability that you forgot that God had put it inside of you, and you begin to push into that. Maybe you're feeling some success in that area finally. In the middle of the blessing of that success, you cannot forget that it's all about Jesus. And if Jesus shows up, it's time to abandon all that again and run after him all over again. It's all about Jesus. I want to read you a story in Matthew chapter 5, and I'm going to mix it up just a little bit. Uh, I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation, which I never do. You might know this story as the the parable of the ten virgins. Um, In our culture, that's not really the term we use for these ladies. We call them bridesmaids. This is the parable of the ten bridesmaids in Matthew chapter 5 and 25. In Matthew chapter 25, there's... And 24-2, there's all these stories about the return of Christ. L- ladies and gentlemen, Christ will return again. Like Jesus is coming back. And in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus is telling this story. He says, then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. And, and for those who don't know, a lamp... And their day was this thing that they would put oil into, and then you would light it. And it would only burn as long as there was oil in the lamp. It says, five of the bridesmaids were foolish, and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps. But the other five who were wise took along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. And I want to say this is a theme that occurs in some of the stories Jesus tells about his return. That it seems like he's delayed. It seems like it's taking longer than it should take. And I know that's the way we feel sometimes. Like, I know I've been hearing about the return of Christ since I was a kid. and, And people constantly saying... He, he's coming soon. He's coming soon. Even at the end of Revelations, Jesus says, "I'm I'm coming soon," and and the John the Revelator said response saying, "Come quickly, come quickly, Lord Jesus." It's the cry of our heart that the Lord shouldn't delay, but He should come quickly. I overheard Eddie telling. Someone that he was hoping the Lord would return just in case the work we did over there in the fellowship hall wasn't good enough just to last a long time. He said the Lord needs to come quickly. I guarantee you it's quality work. In verse 6 it says at midnight, which is much later than should, it says they were aroused by the shout. Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. And all the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast And the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. And Jesus ends like this. He says, so you too must keep watch for you do not know the day or hour of my return. Like Jesus is returning. We don't know when that is. And what strikes me, and the heart of this message is it's all about Jesus. What strikes me as a pastor is I see people so many times, they come to church. And why do we come to church so much? Is to maybe get our metaphorical lamp filled up. Like I, need, I need to be filled up. And some of us, all we do is get filled up just enough to last us for right now. Like when there's an altar call we'll come and we'll we'll come to the altar when there's a great worship service we feel ourselves being filled up I can fill you Holy Spirit and we we're getting filled up but then when Tuesday hits Tuesday's like the most boringest day ever in the whole history of mankind when Tuesday hits and we forget what what what's going on again why am I doing this why did I sign up for this job what, what and that mundane of life starts carrying on again. Or when when that big thing happens in our lives and upsets us, we have no oil to continue on. And so Jesus is trying to use us. Jesus is trying to help us be a light to others. But we have no light to shine because we've run out of oil. Because... We don't have a maybe a personal devotional life going on in the, every morning. We're not sitting with the Lord every morning, getting our lamps full every morning. Or in the middle of the crisis, instead of turning to the word, we, we have a little freakout. Anybody been there? Done it. And I've had to have men of God say, hey, remember, instead of freaking out, let's go to the word. How many have good friends like that? You need them. You need them. What are they saying? They're saying it's not time to freak out, it's time to make sure that your lamp is full of oil. Well, why does it matter? Because here's the thing when we when we when we come to worship service and we feel so good, and we're about to worship here in a minute, and I guarantee you it's going to feel so good because the Lord is so faithful. He is so faithful. When we get filled up by the Lord, it's so weird. We're praising him, but something happens. He fills us up. It's incredibly insane. And we just feel so filled up. But then when Monday happens and Tuesday happens and life happens and we forget him, and we find our lamp running empty, what I realize is I've been worshiping the oil rather than the bridegroom. When you find yourself feeling empty all the time, it's because you're chasing experiences and feelings rather than the bridegroom. See, that's the thing about the foolish bridesmaids. The foolish bridesmaids they just they just wanted enough so that they could. Oh, I just want to be a part. I just want to feel like I belong. I just I just I have to have some so I can be here. But the wise bridesmaids, the reason. The reason they had extra oil is because they weren't there just to be a part of the group and feel like they belong. They were there for the bridegroom. And the reason Tuesday is so hard for some of us is because we're not here for the bridegroom. We're here just to be a part of a thing and get the feeling. But it's all about Jesus. And when nobody's watching... When there's no one around and you're in the quiet of your living room in the morning and no one can see you, are you still pressing in to Jesus and having your lamp filled with oil in those moments? Is it really about Jesus for you? What, what's, what's crazy to me is Jesus tells a couple of stories and, it, and one, there's these people who are, <laughs> what bothers me about this story about the bridegrooms and, and the bridesmaids is that like they're actually running to shop to get more oil so they can go back and be a part. And, and the Lord's like, yeah, I don't know you. It's like they were doing things kind of for him. But Jesus actually tells a story that, that there's going to be people who say, Lord, we did all these great things in your name. Like we, we, we cast out demons, and we healed the sick, and we I mean we were doing amazing things in Jesus' name. And he's gonna say, Yeah, I don't, I never knew you. It's not it's not about the doing at all. And then there's the other story Jesus tells where people are gonna be like, He's gonna be like, Hey, you know that time I was sick, you took care of me, and that time I was hungry, you fed me, and and that time that I was in prison, you came and visited me, and and they're like, Jesus, when were you sick? When were you in prison? And, what you, you know, he says, whatever you've done to the least of these, you've done to me. Now, let's, let's go into the party. And it's insane is that those who are actually doing for Christ don't even realize they're doing for Christ. It's because they just love him. And it just pours out of them like, like the oil overflows They've stored up enough because it's about Jesus. It's so much about Jesus that it's about Jesus as they interact with other people too. And Jesus is like, it's about me. They're, they're loving other people because they love me. It's not just about having that gold star next to their name. You can terminate a first John. I'm going to skip through it. I'm getting very close to being done, I think. I don't know. We'll see. You guys know Jesus loves you so much like the God of the universe loves you so much he became a man and and he he taught he taught us he he dies on a cross to take all of our sin because he loves us he loves us he rises from the dead like Jesus rose from the dead It, it blows my mind It's so weird that I can think about that fact and and it still is incomprehensible to me that he rose from the dead. And I love one of my favorite stories is the road to Emmaus, where he's meeting with those two disciples and and they don't even realize it's him because it's just so mind boggling to them to think he rose from the dead. And what does he do? He he points them to the scriptures, which is the Old Testament. And he spends that whole walk showing them how all of the Old Testament is about Jesus. Which goes back to the theme of my sermon today. It's all about Jesus. Even all the Old Testament is all about Jesus. The suffering servant. And I I watch shows like The Chosen and my heart burns because I'm like, man, it would have been so great cool to walk with Jesus. I'm I'm so jealous of people who get to even travel over to Israel, places like that, and see the places Jesus went. In 1 John, in verse 1, it says, what was from the beginning. This is John writing. He said, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, What we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was manifested. We have seen and testified and proclaimed to you eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. We have seen, we have heard and proclaimed to you also so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy be, ma- be made complete. What he's saying is we saw Jesus. We touched Him. We were with Him. And it so changed us that we couldn't keep it in ourselves. That like The only way we're going to have any joy, the only way our joy is going to be complete in any way, shape, or form, is if somehow we try to share it with you. And isn't that what I've seen in some of... You, as you, Jesus has touched your life and to such a degree where you're like, the only way I can feel any satisfaction, any joy at all in my life is to proclaim that joy to others. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 23, if you'll skip over just a little bit, this is kind of a summary of what we preached a couple weeks ago. It says, this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And love one another just as he commanded us. Like, isn't it so simple? Just believe in Jesus and love one another. That's the commandment. Believe in Jesus and love one another. And this morning, like, I so believe in Jesus. I believe in his redemptive work on the cross. I believe in his resurrection from the dead. And I I so want to show love to you all. And I, I can tell you this morning, I was preaching last week about community, like I have felt so much love from so many of you all. Over the last several years, you guys have shown such an outpouring of love to me, and I've seen you pour that same love out to one another, and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to be a part of a church like this. I have so many pastor friends that reach out to me from time to time, and they talk about all the little weird struggles that go on inside inside our church and and I I don't, I I can't relate to those kinds of struggles. I have never seen those in this church. I'm so grateful for that. So grateful that we approach this thing from the word of God and from a heart of love. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. This is what it says. It says, by this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him, so that we might live through him. How how can we live? How can we live? Through him. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. And this is love. Not that we loved God. It it, it isn't that you love God, and it's so important that you do love God, but it's not even the important thing. It's not that you love God. What is it? It's but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. He was the payment for our sins. He was the one that satisfied the wrath of God by his death on the cross. It's all About Jesus and our life through him. If you go to chapter 5. We're just kind of doing a blast through 1 John here. And there's so much uh, in 1 John. You should just take the week and just live in 1 John. It'll it'll be good for you. You'll you'll come out of it loving other people so much better. You'll just love other people. 1 John chapter 5. In verse 13, it says, these things I have written you, written to you, who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. Like, I always think that is strange, but I think sometimes we doubt. Anybody ever have doubts before? We have doubts sometimes, but but here he's saying, I'm writing to you this so you don't have any doubt. Like, so you can know. So you can know not just what you believe, but in whom you have believed that your purpose is all about Jesus. Your life is all about Jesus. You have confidence in him as you love one another. And finally, I'm going to look at verse 20 here where it says, and we know that the son of God has come. And has given us understanding why so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his son, Christ Jesus. This is the true God and eternal life. It is all about Jesus. Eternal life is all about Jesus. Me coming to church isn't just so I can make it and be a good minister. It's all about Jesus. Worship team, can you join me? I would also encourage you this week to go back and read um, Matthew 24, 25, right in there. Because it has a lot to talk about the return of Christ. The reality is Jesus is coming back. And, and who knows when that will be. But if the Lord should delay in coming back, if the old old timers say if the Lord should tarry, then we'll still meet him. The scripture tells us that the wages of sin is death. So every single one of us in this room who have sinned, we, we owe that death. It's, it's our payment for our sin. And, and what do we say when we stand before the Lord? Right? And we, we know this. We, we say, you know, I was really involved in my church. Do we say, I, I really did my best to try to love people? My dad was sharing with me a story, something he preached at his, one of his best friends' funeral, Chris Walker. And Chris Walker was a great man. He loved the Lord. And he did a lot of really great things. And at his funeral, my dad actually talked about another man. the last Crown Prince of Austria-Hungary uh, Otto von Hasburg. And part of their tradition in this church is that have this procession, this parade going down the streets of the city. And of course, this was a Crown prince and so you, there's all these soldiers and foreign dignitaries and flags and banners and all these people walking down the street to the church. And when they get to the doors of the church, casket and tow, they knock on the door of the church, and the monks who work at the church, they ask, who is there? And a man opens up this ledger and begins to read. It is Otto of Austria, former crown prince of Austria-Hungary. Prince royal of Hungary and Bohemia, Dalmatia, Croatia, Slovenia, Galatia, Lodermia, and the Ilya, Grand Duke of Tuscany, Duke of Lorraine, Grand Prince of Transylvania, of Margrove, Duke of Sicily, and Prince of this place and that place. And there's a long list here. I'm not going to read it all. Grand Prince of this place, count of this place. On and on and on he goes. And after going on for several minutes, he pauses after saying, et cetera, et cetera. And the monk inside says, we do not know him. So the man with the ledger knocks again, with soldiers and dignitaries and a casket behind him. And the monk inside says, who is there? And the man reads, it is Dr. Otto von Hosberg, who has done many civic achievements. He was the president of the Pan-European Union and a member of European Parliament. And on and on and on he goes, talking about his honorary doctorates and all these things, all of his accomplishments. And the monk inside replies, we do not know him. so the man with the ledger closes the ledger and knocks a third time and he says who is there and he says otto a mortal man and a sinful human being he says we know him and opens the door The reality is that someday we will all face death unless Christ returns soon. And in that moment when we stand before God, it doesn't really matter all that we did. It doesn't matter how we tried to love. It just matters about one thing, and that is what did we do with Jesus Christ? We can't list our accomplishments. We can't list of how great we were. All we can say is, I was a sinful man, and yet Jesus saved me. His blood, His blood took away all my sin and all my shame. I am a sinful man, and it's only by the grace of Jesus Christ that I can come in. Will you stand with me today? As we enter into this time of worship, this is what I want us to know in our house of prayer. When we're talking about purpose and indestructible purpose. It's the way we started and it's the way we will end. Your purpose is about Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. And so today... We're a bunch of disciples standing on a boat. And we're here at church because we're faithful. We're faithful. And we're going to do what the Lord asks. And he's asked us to cast our nets. And we're going to do it because we're faithful. But I'm telling you, as we enter into this worship service, what I'm saying is, I'll be like John. I'll say, you know what? You know what I see? I see the Lord. I see the Lord. It is the Lord, and it's time for us to abandon every other thing we think we need and have and grab our coat and to jump into that water and swim as hard as we can towards Jesus because it's all about Jesus. Will you worship with me today?